T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Kevin Fishbane, Bears beat writer for The Athletic. If this team's a contender in 2024, what kind of head coach is Matt Eberflus then? And is he the right head coach for that group? He might be. We'll learn more about him as the talent grows. Kevin Fishbane talking Bears. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. I love your name. It's a great name. Yeah, great name. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's time for Kevin Fishbane because it's still football season and it's still Friday. Kevin Fishbane can be found on Twitter at KFishbane, and he can be found right now on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Always, if you're watching on Twitch, you can enjoy, too, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Hey, guys. We've, we've made it. We've made it to the, the big game. We have, but there's bear stuff that we got to talk about first. Uh, now that Justin Fields has an MVP vote, will people stop trying to trade him? <laughs> did, did he get a did he get an MVP vote? He got a fifth he get a place MVP fifth vote. Place vote. Okay. He finished well, he finished ninth in MVP voting. Well, okay, so here's the way I look at it, right? The Bears <laughs> went three and fourteen. If Fields didn't play, would they have been I mean, how many wins do you lose without him out there? He is clearly the most valuable player in the NFL. You lose three. I just, I just think it's absolutely justifiable. I, I don't think it's some, you know, rando like a weird guy protest vote thing. I, I think it is completely reasonable. And maybe you could argue he should have gotten more votes than that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I, I, I think it's almost like was he, he was the most valuable player almost in making the Bears significantly interesting and more competitive than they ever should be. Making them significant. Yeah. Making I, them feel like they had mattered at all. But you know what? I figured votes for him would show up in Offensive Player of the Year because that made more sense to me than MVP. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you can make, like, a great argument. Well, look at this guy and look at the, the, the offense that he was able to generate even if it wasn't traditional versus MVP of the league type deal yeah uh i'm being a real wet blanket aren't i with this whole thing yes you are it's fine like i mean look when he had his best numbers right he was like the still like the 11th best quarterback in football and they didn't win so if i'm gonna be a total raining on the parade like I, i i get it to a point i mean what he did was sensational no one's we've never seen anybody do it but it also you know so they didn't win any of the, the, the games when he was playing at that level, except for the Patriots game. 
the New England game was the one. So I, 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 I can, you can make the argument for sure. And I think that as we've watched Super Bowl week, as we've seen, you know, and I'm sure you guys saw the interviews he did yesterday. Um, it's, it's such a better time, I think, to be a Bears fan because of him, obviously. Like, the number one pick's great. All the cap space is great. But if you don't have Justin Fields, it's nothing. Like, right? Like, I mean, you go back to the, you know, when the Bears had the number three pick coming out of the 2016 season. And there was excitement about who they would draft. And they had a ton of cap space then. But there just wasn't, you know, th- th- it wasn't like this. I think this was kind of the perfect situation for them to get themselves in where you can be excited about the quarterback and all the resources they have ahead of them. Does it make any sense at all for the the Bears to have interest in Taylor Lewan? Uh, yes. You know, I, I'm very curious to see what Ryan Pulse's strategy at tackle is going to be, Lawrence, because does he want somebody who's 26? who he can sign to a four-year deal and feel good that that guy's going to be pretty good for the next three to four years? Or does he want to kind of continue getting guys who, like, a, a better version of Riley Reef, right? Like a, be, like a guys who are at that point in their career, we just need you to hold down the fort here, do what, what, what Jason Peters did, right? That was the perfect scenario for the 2021 Bears. What, we're getting Jason Peters literally off a fishing boat, and, and he was really good that year. Um, or does he want to try to find guys that are going to be here for a long time and kind of be part of this foundation? So I feel like Luan's a little bit more in that. Is he more of a stopgap? Um, and again, I just don't know what where Poles is going to lean when it comes to that position. Um, but I have to imagine that he's going to value getting some veteran guys in there. Because I think we've all seen that you're you're probably better off. As much as I, I, I they should draft tackle or and or guard. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a big believer in draft in the trenches all the time. Um, keep getting guys you can develop. But when it comes to guys who can step in right away and protect your franchise quarterback... I feel much better about a veteran doing that than a rookie or even a second-year guy. Has your opinion of this Super Bowl matchup changed at all in the last two weeks? Or do you feel the same way you did the moment you knew who the competitors would be? Dan, I guess all this time has passed. I'm like nervous it's not going to be as great of a game as we're all hoping and expecting, right? Because mm. you, you just overthink everything. I think I remember when I was on with you guys before the conference championships, you asked me, you know, what game could be a dud? And I told you Eagles 49ers. Now, of course, I didn't. I wasn't Nostradamus thinking that, you know, Purdy was going to get hurt. But or I thought, were you? There we go. But with this one, I just don't know what, like – do, do the, the well, I guess the one thing that pops to my mind is, does the Eagles defensive line do what the Bucks did two years ago? And they certainly have the guys who can do it. Um, I just got to believe that the Chiefs aren't going to let that happen again. <laughs> like They saw what happened when they played the Super Bowl and their quarterback couldn't do anything because he was under fire the whole game. Um, so I guess I've, I, I, I've almost spent these two weeks almost like doomsday. Like, is there a way that this game isn't as great as it should be? And I'm still convincing myself that it, it's going to be a close game all the way through. Um, I, I'm just very curious, too. You know, Jalen Hurts has been such an understandable topic of conversation all week, all season long. You know, what does he look like in a is two minutes left in the game, your team's down by four? Like, we know what Patrick Mahomes looks like in those situations. I'm not sure we know exactly what Jalen Hurts looks like, and that's that's a fascinating X factor to me is how he can handle 
um, if he's put in that spot. Now that you've had a chance to kind of dig through everything that isn't Luke Getze from from the Senior Bowl, what were some of the things that you came away thinking about how the Bears can go about constructing their team or their draft board? Yeah, Lawrence, well, I, I go back to the trenches, and I, um, I've i got a, a piece coming out Monday. I do this every year, Monday after Super Bowl. It's kind of my big salary cap preview, just breakdown of their cap situation, and, and looking just at the current roster, don't I don't look at free agents yet. Um, and it's funny because when I've done this in past years, the entire point of the exercise is really like, how many guys can they cut so they can actually spend money? And they don't have that problem this year. But there are some interesting decisions ahead for Ryan Poles. And one of the things I was looking at as I was working on it was the offensive and defensive line, specifically the defensive line, because I just look at the Eagles again. I'll keep going back to this. They just rotate eight or nine guys through there, and they don't stop coming after you all game long. And I wonder how much the Bears, you know, the Bears talked about that all week when Philadelphia came here, and we saw there was the worst pass rush in football. I wonder, thinking about some of the guys who looked really good at the Senior Bowl, I, I wrote about the, the three technique was the one I focused on. Um, Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin, out of Tommy, out of Barre from Northwestern were some of the guys that stood out at that spot. And then we talk about Jalen Carter, Will Anderson. Is that the position that they double, triple, quadruple down on, right? Where do they go out and sign a $12 million a year guy to play three technique and draft Will Anderson or still draft Jalen Carter? I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, I wonder how much of the Philadelphia model is in play for them. And you can flip that to on the offensive line, right? Because there's some pretty good offensive linemen who were playing for Luke Getze's team. You're talking about second, third round guys. Do they double, triple down on there to just really build this team through the trenches um, and, and get themselves to a point when they look at what Philadelphia has created and say, hey, if we want to protect our quarterback in Justin Fields and let him run, and we want to really terrorize the quarterback on the other side, how can we build these lines? I think they saw some pretty good players in Mobile, and then they're going to have the cap space to add some veterans at those spots as well. Help me figure something out here that I've been meaning to ask, and it's it is happening all year with the Bears. The disparity between what I see and have seen of this Bears offensive line in games and then the way PFF and maybe Next Gen and, and others have graded them out because it seems like the actual grades from some of the advanced analytics sites are way higher than my eye test would give them. Maybe it's just a, a, identifies a problem in the methodology Maybe I'm watching wrong. I'm trying to figure out what it is because I don't see a line that PFF thought was that good. Yeah, Dan, I think it's, it's, I think pretty sure it's ESPN's pass block win rate. Maybe that too. I, I mean, think the Bears were near the top in that. And I, I, I unfortunately, I don't know the, the stats behind that stuff. I wonder if the fact that Justin Fields extends plays for so long um, hmm. how they factor that in. You know, they give that... his blockers credit for that, even though he's running because somebody missed a block? Right. Like, again, I wouldn't do that, and I'd like to think those things are a little bit more uh, adept at that. And, and look, like, all those people who build... I, I, you, guys, you guys know I love the analytics. I'm all about the numbers. Give me more numbers. I'm, I'm all for it. I really try not to look at that stuff for offensive line. And that's just like, there's a personal thing for me. I, I, I guess I, I do look at it. I take note of it because I think it's something you should, I guess, keep in mind. But it's just the offensive line is so hard to judge. And we just don't know each guy's assignment every time. And I, 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 I do think that there, yeah, I think there was a difference in the eye test and what the numbers said. 
about the Bears' offensive line. Because I've said this to you guys all year. You could you could sit here and tell me that the Bears should get five new starters in the offensive line, and I wouldn't bat an eye. I will but, tell you that. Yeah, like I don't. You can come here and tell me that you feel like Braxton Jones could be a ten-year left tackle, and and Tevin Jenkins could be a ten-year right guard, and I'd say, okay, I can see where you feel good about where those two are going, right? Like I, but there there is nothing really from that group that makes me feel like, oh yeah, you're set here, here, and here. And even even if you like Braxton Jones and Tevin Jenkins, you still have three massive question marks, and that doesn't even get to the backups, which you know will play at some point during any given season. So it, it, I, I, I know those pass rates are there. I know the Bears looked good on some of them, but it's hard for me to use those to feel comfortable about that group moving forward. You were talking about the uneasy feeling that you had before the the NFC title game. Is there any particular point of like matchup inside of the Super Bowl that you're like, you know, people aren't really discussing this, but maybe they should be? Yeah, Lawrence. I so I've seen a prop that people, a lot of people, seem to be pointing out there about Patrick Mahomes throwing an interception, and I just wonder in a game like this where you feel like you have two evenly matched teams. And I want to say he threw maybe 12 this season. And you think about that pass rush. You think about that secondary. There's some really good players in defensive backfield. Is that the type of thing that changes this game? That just whether it allows the Eagles to pull away or it just it turns it on a dime. I just I keep coming back to this Eagles defense because it's so loaded at all three levels. And Mahomes, for good reason, believes he can make every throw. And, and most of the time he can um, but that's just something that's been in the back of my mind of, you know, like Jalen, the Eagles protect the ball so well. And the, and the Chiefs have, for the most part, you know, this season. But there, there's just that because Mahomes can make every throw, because he's got a guy in Travis Kelsey that can make every catch. Like, is there a situation where the Eagles pass rushers come in? They've got Darius Slay back there. Um, they've got other dudes back there that are really good. Is that something that can turn the game? So that that's kind of curious to me. You know what's funny, though, is I keep talking about how good the Eagles are, and I'm pretty sure my Super Bowl pick that I published with The Athletic that I still am leaning towards is I'm picking the Chiefs because I just can't pick against Patrick Mahomes. I just keep thinking of all these reasons why the Eagles are going to be able to win, but in the end, if I had to make a pick, which I don't like to do with a game like this, I'm siding with Mahomes. That's where I am exactly. I, I just that was my absolute first blush. Yeah, I know Philadelphia is good, but their defense did give up some points. I heard a, a really good discussion yesterday. I thought that uh, Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel talking with Dave Wanstead about the game yesterday was really good. And Parkins was taking the over, and Dave's like, "No, I don't think so." And here's why. And it was just a solid X and O discussion. And I mean that that's sort of further along, I, I think, than than I would be, but as far as you know, breaking it down, as far as the, uh, the the total. But it just feels to me like they're this is not the Bucks going against this Chiefs team. It just isn't. And I, I I'll side with Mahomes. Yeah, and the other thing too is if you and I know this has brought up been brought up a lot this week. If you look at the times the Eagles have played really good quarterbacks. Like they've given up a lot of points. Yes, you go back to that Cowboys game. It was, I believe, it was in Week 16. Um, so, and, and look, this is the best quarterback they've faced all year. It's going to be the best offensive scheme that they've faced all year. When you think about what Andy Reid can do, so like there's there's that factor as well. Is like has this Eagles defense been so good all year long? 
but they kind of meet their match when it comes to this dude who will, you know, could go down as the you know most talented, gifted quarterback we've ever seen um, on an offense that is just designed so well to to, to suit what he does best. Um, so yeah, you know, if you think back to the, that that Cowboys game, you kind of think of like, well, this Eagles defense can give up points when they face a good offense. What do you do with the little ones on a game like this? <laughs> so my wife said to me, she goes, how do you feel about having people over for the Super Bowl? I said, yes. Oh, all your, no. No, he, hear me out. I said, bring all your family, cousins, whoever you want, because this is what I'm thinking. You're going to hand the babies lot, off. Exactly. There's a lot of sets of hands of people that are happy to entertain child one or child two. And then I could I could <laughs> watch the game. And I said, I go, you know, maybe if things are getting too loud, maybe I'll sneak into my office, you know, just for a little quiet time to, to turn the game on. I'll, heck, I'll bring the toddler in if I, you know, I'll, I'll take one for the team or or the baby when he's has that, like, he's got like that 45 minutes every wake period where he's totally quiet and calm. I'll take the baby that time and we'll, we'll go into my office and watch the game. So. I've got I've got some plans here. So I said, so sure, bring your bring the mom and the aunts, the cousins, and anybody who wants to hang out with my children so I can watch the game. Interesting strategy there, Cotton. Hope it works out <laughs> for you. Yeah. If it pays off. <laughs> I'm not too confident because I will say the baby so far only lets three people hold him, and I'm one of those three. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how how far that that gets. Super Bowl. It's fine. Let him do what he wants to do. All right. Good luck. Have fun. Thanks, guys. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday, Fish. That's Kevin Fishbane. Mike Rankin has cobbled together the, yeah! the, with the, his mason tools with his trowel and hod. Is that what it's called? I don't know. The, the brick holder? I think it's a crossword puzzle word. Trowel is right, right? I, That's what you use to do like the tuck pointing? Yeah, I, I, I think a hod is a th- thing in which you Wasn't carry Wasn't that bricks? the movie with The Rock and, and Jason Statham? Trial and hot. A, a builder's V-shaped open trough on a pole used for carrying bricks. Yeah, that's me. There it is. That's what he's got. He's doing it to put together the solid wall of Super Bowl sound. We bring it to you next on The Score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. You will hit a wall, hit a wall, hit a wall, hit a wall, hit a wall. The wall? The wall. The wall? Wall to wall, brother. You're breaking the wall! This wall, the wall. This will be your last solid wall of football sound for this season. We did it for every single Bears game, and we figured the game with all the eyeballs on it. And the ears, by the way, because you can listen to the game right here on the score on Westwood One. Big game coverage on the score is presented by Soda Weight Loss. That's Soda, S-O-T-A. Visit SodaWeightLoss.com. That's Soda Weight Loss. And we figured that this game merits a wall of sound based on all the people we talked to. 
over the last couple weeks who had thoughts about what we're going to see and why. So, Mike Rankin, ring those bells. Matt Bowen kicks off with his perspective of what the Chiefs need to do in order to beat the Eagles. I think you have to mention the coaching of Kansas City, the experienced coaching with Andy Reid, and plus Patrick Mahomes because he's an elite player. He's the best football player in the NFL. That's what he is. Um, I can make that argument all day long. But don't forget about defensively and Steve Spagnuolo and what they can do. Okay, I think they're going to have to be aggressive in this football game. You know, aggressive versus the run game. To start with that, you can't just line up in your base front and say we're going to win up front, we're going to beat Kelsey, uh, we're going to beat Lane Johnson, we're going to limit them in the run game. We're going to have to be aggressive. You're going to have to have early down run blitzes. You're going to have to have an answer for read schemes, zone read. Okay, if I was coaching against Philadelphia, I would make Jalen Hurts carry the ball every single time. Every single time. So I would crash my ends inside on the running back and say, if you want to give the ball to the running back, we're going to tackle him at the line of scrimmage. We're going to make Jalen Hurts carry the football. And there's different ways you can do that. Like I just said, crashing the end. Also bringing pressure. Bring pressure on early downs with your adjuster or your strong safety and force Jalen Hurts to carry the football. You have to put your pads on. You have to put your pads on them in this football game. But watch what they do defensively because we know with Spagnuolo, especially in like money downs or critical situations, he'll bring everybody, and that's how they coach. And you look, you can do that in Kansas City because you're going to score points, right? Patrick Mahomes is going to make enough plays to keep you in football games. So from a defense perspective, you have almost an edge in terms of your aggressiveness within your call sheet. I think that we have to see it on Sunday night. You heard Bowen mention Jalen Hurts a bunch of times in that clip, so let's stay with that. Former Eagles linebacker and WIP afternoon show host Ike Reese detailed the evolution of Philly's quarterback. The biggest thing with this kid has always been that he's been in a different offense ever since high school. He's had different offensive coordinators every year. So I think finding something that he was familiar with and comfortable with, first of all, allow him to build and gain confidence in what they were trying to do. They really had to scrap what they were doing the first seven weeks of last year and come up with something that was beneficial to this team and then figure out a way to get Jalen better. And then I think they challenged him uh, this past offseason to get better as a quarterback. Uh, throwing the football, working on his mechanics. And he went out and did those things. And then the final piece to me, I believe you got to give credit to Howie Roseman and his staff being able to put talent around Jalen. So it, it allows him to not at least feel the burden of having everything on his shoulders. How about we stay talking about Jalen Hurts with our guy, Sean King from VEASAN, he talked about how Jalen Hurts is taking the next step in his development. Well, he's getting more confident. That was the big thing that, that sometimes I wasn't sure if he knew that he really belonged. But I know now that he knows he belongs. Uh, I think he surprised a lot of people with the level of athleticism that he has. I think people kind of knew he was a good athlete. But, I mean, when you're out running angles in the National Football League, you know, that, that that's a different level of eliteness. So, I think he solidified himself. Now it's just about being consistent. And he completed 60% of his passes. So it's not like we're talking about Zach Wilson, you know, or, or, or one of those other guys. You know, and outside of Trevor Lawrence, right now, Justin Fields will be the second quarterback taken in that draft. So I think that says a lot. So if you need some corroboration on Hertz, listen to former Eagles wide receiver Mike Quick. He's also their current radio analyst because he sounded similar. Confidence. I think he has a lot of confidence in the guys that are on the field now. 
He will throw the ball into tight spots because he knows that A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, is going to come up with balls. Dallas Goddard, let me throw his, his name in there as well. He has a different comfort level, and guys don't necessarily need to be open uh, and certainly not wide open for him to let the football go. He trusts that they're going to be where they're supposed to be. They've drilled it, rehearsed it enough that he has that faith in them. And he's going to let the ball go. And because they've had success, it breeds more of that. So he's very comfortable now just throwing the ball, expecting these guys to be where they should be. Kansas City radio analyst Danon Hughes spoke on what the Chiefs do well on offense that creates matchup nightmares for opposing defenses. We are one of the predominantly shift-slash-motion teams. And part of that, we get out of the huddle, usually with about 15 seconds left on the play clock at least. And we move Travis Kelsey. You might see the whirly bird motion with McCole Hardman. Uh, shifts from other guys because we're trying to identify what the defense is doing. If they're going to move with that guy, then it's probably going to be man. If they're going to stay in their set, uh, defensive set, then it's probably going to be some sort of zone. Now, doesn't mean that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a primary receiver, a number one target, number two, an outlet. But when you get into the improv, like that's what they work on as well. So it's not so much that it's not scripted, because even in practice, those guys, they're moving around. He's moving out of the pocket. Sometimes he'll just move out just for the heck of it, even if it's a clean pocket in practice. And most times it is because they're not going full speed. So the improv looks like improv to us. But if you really dial into it, you'll see how in sync his receivers are with him and the tight ends and the running backs that they all know that whether he throws back across his body, whether he throws a no-look pass or what have you, to always be ready. Dana Hughes, the former Iowa Hawkeye, Matt Bowen is that too. And he shared what the Eagles' defense is doing up front that might disrupt this Kansas City offense. They play a defensive front with five defenders on the front, and that allows them to rush five. And what that does from a schematic perspective, it allows you to define the one-on-ones you want whether it's Sweat or Reddick on the edges. And that's, that's the matchup I want to see. Because this Philadelphia defensive front, you saw it in the, in the title game. They took two quarterbacks out of the football game. Two quarterbacks out of the football game with their defensive front. They have depth in the defensive front. And when they get to that five-man surface, you are getting the one-on-ones you want. And you have to block Reddick on the edge. And look, Philadelphia in general might have had the two best offseason moves of last season. They signed Hassan Reddick, who teams have played before as an off-the-ball linebacker. And he still plays that at times for Philly, but he is their rush in. And they made the trade for A.J. Brown. Look at the return in terms of the production with A.J. Brown, Hassan Reddick's over 17 sacks. And what that has done is impact their defensive front and it totally changed their pass game element in that offense with Jalen Hurts. Two fantastic moves. And, I mean, Howie Roseman, what that team has done just in, in a short period of time to build that roster around Jalen Hurts. That's something we'll get into later this offseason with, with Justin Fields and the Bears, but that is how you build a football team. Both teams reached the Super Bowl for a reason. We asked former NFL general manager Randy Mueller what each team's front office did right in the offseason. They've identified players that fit their need, and they haven't been afraid to let others go. In other words, you saw what Kansas City did uh, by letting the receiver go to Miami. A lot of people criticized them for that. But Andy Reid did not want to pay 20 some million dollars to a non-quarterback, so I get it. 
they have confidence in their style and what they have to do to make their style work. They don't really care about the outside noise. And Howie Roseman's been really good at that. And, and I think Andy and, and his group have been really good at it as well. The outside noise does not affect them. And that's not a commonplace thing around the league, at least from my opinion. Know that you're seeing history Sunday. Finally, Herm Edwards talked with us about what it means to him to have, for the first time, two black quarterbacks starting in the Super Bowl. It's historic. Um, I remember Doug Williams was the first one, right? When I came in the National Football League, <laughs> to be quite honest, there, there were only 28 teams. Think about that. And think about this number. If you think this one you're talking about right now, the two black quarterbacks, that's great. But think about the number I'm about to tell you. In 1977, when I came to the league, there was 28 teams. There were only seven coaches of color. I'm going to say it again. Seven. This is 1977, not 1957. Seven. So this league, is, it really reflects our society because our society is multicultural. And this is what sports brings. It brings the, the ability to bring all type of athletes together, regardless of color, you know, religion, it doesn't matter. And you form this team. You know, that's America. That's what it should look like. And when you say these two black quarterbacks, I understand it's history, you know, but everywhere I've been, I've been the first black head coach. <laughs> I've been three places. I've been the first black head coach. Wow. And I always end the press conference with this. I want there to be a day to when a coach of color gets hired that we don't say, well, he's a black coach. He's just a coach. It's like the quarterbacks. You know, we say we got two black quarterbacks in Super Bowl. You know what? They're just the quarterbacks. And I get it. It's history. It's history. But it's like, let's get to the point where, say, you know, the guy's got quarterbacks. This is our quarterback. And we don't care what he looks like. It's just, he's a quarterback. I want to I want to see that day when we get there. Then I know we got to where we needed to be. Ready for kickoff now? Yeah, man. I'm ready for kickoff. I'm ready for a lot of reasons. Big coverage on the score, by the way, on Sunday, because you can hear the game here. It's presented by Soda Weight Loss. That's Soda. S-O-T-A. Visit SodaWeightLoss.com. I, I wrote in the column for the Sun-Times that is I'm looking forward to this game for a lot of reasons. Great storylines. Obviously, two black quarterbacks starting in a Super Bowl is awesome, and it means something specifically to me. You have the Kelsey brothers. You've got Andy Reid versus his old team. There's a lot here inside of it. So I can't wait for the game itself. But you know the reason I'm really looking forward to this game? The very selfish reason I'm looking forward to Sunday, Dan? Hmm. Because once it's over, once the confetti drops, everyone goes back to zero. The new season starts. And we get to go just a erase the whiteboard and guess who's in charge of the offseason the bears the chicago effing bears yeah they the moment the clock hits all zeros mm-hmm. the bears arguably become the most important team in the league we're gonna we're gonna celebrate hey look at that the super bowl was great it's a great call and then on monday that's will be this monday we'll be celebrating not just it's that won't be a bears well maybe it is kind of a bears monday Maybe it's going to be a Bears are the most important team in the league Monday. Uh-huh. 
I like it. Time the to Bears get to front work. office Monday. Bears front office but Monday. Bears front office Monday. Everybody start calling the Bears Monday. Everything gets reset. And now it's like, all right, you've seen teams be right on the precipice of being uh, of playoff teams, teams that went from worst to first in their division, like the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. And they're the Bears with $100 million in cap space and the number one draft pick and Justin Fields. So, yes, for the four hours that I'm going to be sitting there on Sunday enjoying the football, I'm I'm ecstatic about that. Patrick Mahomes is amazing. Jalen Hurts is electric. I love Jason Kelsey. I want the Kelsey brothers cloned, and I want the, someone to ship the clones to the Bears. But once the game goes to double zeros, it's Bears country now. And baseball season. D- don't you... Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I'm actually going to go down to spring training next week. Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anyone. All right, I won't. I'm good. What do we got next? Oh, speaking of the Bears, Justin Fields had stuff to say. We'll hear from him next on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2. On Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. So right about now, Radio Row is, I would imagine, 85% empty. Because the morning shows from other markets that aren't Philadelphia... Or Kansas City are all gone. Most of the midday shows from out east are gone if they made the trip. And some people usually Thursday they'll leave just to get out of the Super Bowl town. So I bet there's a, little, a lot of hollow sounds there. But I will tell you this. Out of all the, the, the Radio Row stuff that I've ever seen, whether it was at the Final Four or at the Super Bowl, no one has a better setup there than Jim Rome. And he got to talk with Bears quarterback Justin Fields. As a dynamic dual threat QB, how much appreciation do you have respect for Jalen Hurts in his game? Yeah. Did you watch him? I mean, he's awesome. And I think, you know, one thing that, you know, I see from him uh, is his leadership. You know, how he leads that team, how he carries himself, you know, within that team. Uh, it's, it's awesome to see. And just the amount of people that doubted him, you know, after his second year, first, second year, it's just. He didn't worry about any of that outside noise. He just, you know, kept his head down and work. And, you know, I'm, it's, it's awesome to see him, you know, uh, how much success he had this year. So um, great to see him and kind of, you know, him grow. Because, I mean, I've, I've been playing with him for or I've been training with him for what, a couple of years now. So, you know, I've seen, you know, the type of person he is, the type of work he put in. And it's just awesome to see that, you know, he's at this point and has this amazing opportunity. I think Justin's picking up on the right things from Jalen Hurts. I'm happy to hear that. Because those are the things that you could probably learn from because I think that Justin might be a better player. It's been nice to not have been talking Bulls for a while. Yeah, we don't have to do that. We can we can just not. Well, we're going to in transition, I guess. Are you sure? Uh, probably, I guess, is uh, there will be some of that, yes. Tributo's got like a big show tonight. That's true, and I will be. We're recording organizations win championships later, so maybe I should just set aside all my disappointment and darkness and seething anger and all that. If you want, what we could do is when we bring them in here, we could, you know, 
like push them towards talking about other stuff. Yeah, let's see where it goes. We'll all do that next on the score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.